You could probably pull all the pagers down except for number seven. But one, two, there you go. Aha. Thank you very much. Everybody see this? That's my new phone. <laughs> I have to give it my old phone because the battery went bad in it. And the problem I have with this, I tried to, uh, I stored everything in iCloud. Uh, are you guys familiar with the term backing your phone up? Yeah. Well, I backed mine up several times. And all the information that I had stored, and I, and I changed my SIM card, and when I did, when I transferred my information over, uh, some of some of your phone numbers didn't transfer over. So I've been getting texts from different phone numbers, and I'm trying to remember who they are. And I try to figure out by the, the way the text sounds, I think it's this sister so-and-so and this brother so-and-so. So, -and -so. so um, maybe after service, if somebody can spare us, a sheet of paper, somebody can put their names down and their cell phone numbers, your numbers down, so I can double check because I know some of them transferred over, but I noticed some of the old numbers that the numbers that transferred over were for some reason they didn't transfer over the new numbers. I know that because my sister texted me and, and it wasn't her number, her new number, it was an old number of her. So obviously, technology isn't on the up and up. So I'm just letting you know. Praise God, I have to get used to this. It's like carrying around a, a flat screen. <laughs> a little bit of information there. But it's good to see everybody in the house of God tonight. And uh, of course, <laughs> trying to come to Knowledge and understanding. Learning what it takes to be a child of God. To be a Christian. Some of you are probably finding out it's more than just saying you're a Christian. That's right. There's a lot more to it than we really know what we really think. So I'm glad we have the word. Amen. We have the word that we can uh, dig in. And of course, we're all we're at, all admonished to study. Study to show thyself approved unto God. We're all admonished to study. Even you children. Amen. And that, you know, having the Holy Ghost is one thing and and, and, I, and I believe this with all my heart the scripture says that the Holy Ghost will lead us and guide us into all truth and uh, I believe that with all my heart but what what truth is he talking about sometimes you might feel impressed that the Holy Ghost is leading you but I believe that's why John said in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, try the spirits to see whether they be of God or not. Because sometimes you might feel it's, it's, it's the Holy Ghost, but you're going to find out sometimes it's not. Because here's the thing. 
the Holy Ghost will never lead you out of God's will. He will never lead you or impress you to do something contrary to God's will. Amen, that's right. Contrary to God's word. So that's how we know, you know, and, and I've been in this for a long time. I've been in it for a few years. And uh, I know this. I'm glad. I'm glad I sat under men of God that knew the word of God. I'm glad I, I, I was taught what I was taught because if I was not, if, if I was never, if I never ever subjected myself to teaching, I would have never have known. And they help to put things together. They help to understand things. And that's how the Holy Ghost teaches us. And that's what John was saying. He said, the same anointing that you have received is the same anointing that's going to teach you so, you so that no other man will be able to teach you anything. That's what he's saying. He's not saying you don't need a pastor. He's not saying you don't need the ministry. What he's saying, if somebody else comes along your path and tries to somehow bring doctrine you're going to know because of the teaching you received here that's right. Right. if that person is telling you the truth or not. Right. And, and it's going to be compared to the scripture. Right. That's what he means. Right away people think that, oh, you know what? If the anointing teaches me, then I don't need a pastor. I don't need a teacher. Come on now. It's not God's word. Right. And uh, so that's why we have to be careful. And, and a lot of times when you feel something, when you feel excited, and, and you have to really be able to understand... The, there's a fine line between feeling the power of God and feeling the Holy Ghost. There's a fine line between that and knowing, you know, when we are influenced. And a lot of times, if it's just in our emotions, and that's all we experience, and we think that's God, we need to double check. Come on, Because everything that God does in our lives, His will, His purpose, is, is revealed to us through His Word. Amen. So... Oh, Jesus. So, uh, that's why it's important for us to come to a point in our, in our lives, in our daily routine, to subject yourself to reading, to hearing God's Word. You know what I did when I first got the Holy Ghost? Of course, my pastor blessed me, because I did, I, 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 I I, I, you know, I, I just, because of what I was feeling, and, and of course, you know, when you get the Holy Ghost moving in your life, and you begin to feel zealous, you feel that zeal, but Paul said, he said, be careful, because you could have a zeal, but you can't, you won't have any knowledge with that zeal. So you got to be careful of that. You don't want to be zealous and not know why you're zealous. Right. <laughs> so, so, so. You know, we feel that, and I'm glad my pastor did. You know, and I was reading, I was doing my best to read. And of course, the Holy Ghost gave me understanding. The Holy Ghost revealed the Word to me. And I would get in the Word and I'd read it. But here's the other part. My, one, one time, my, my pastor blessed me with uh, uh, King James. The, the, back then, it was cassette tapes. He blessed me with a set of cassette tapes so I can listen to it. Uh, has anybody ever heard of Alexander Scorby? And, and the King James Version, and, and uh, he read the, the entire Bible, the Old Testament, New Testament. So my pastor blessed me with that. So I'd stick those cassettes in, and I would listen to him, and I would follow him in the Bible. Boy, does that make a difference? Because you can hear it, you can see it, and then it's just all together. Then, for whatever reason, 
you know, it's, it's a little bit more better to ingest God's word. But amen, I'm just sharing these little pointers with you. Uh, maybe a lot of times I'm not able to sit down and talk to you on, on a one-in-one -one basis about the word of God, about teaching, about learning what it is to be a Christian. Always remember this. Some of you right now that are thinking about going back out into the world. The devil saying, telling you that that's what you need to do. Let me tell you something. First and foremost, God would have never allowed you to be here. That's right. God would have never have yes. called you. Amen. If he didn't have intentions on saving you and trying to get you to pursue your eternal destiny. Yes, sir. And... and we have to be careful because we can we can relapse and we can go back into the, the way we used to think and the way we used to behave, right. the way we used to act, and we, and we get carnal-minded. Yeah, right. And then pretty soon, lust begins to pay, pay a big part in that. And, and we're, we're like the Bible says, uh, we're like the dog that goes back to his Come own on. vomit. Right. And we're like the, the sow that went back to her favorite mud hole. Yep, yep. 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 After, after God delivered you. Yeah. Oh, my mind. I'm just telling you. Come on. It's all right. I sat under a man of God who did not hesitate to rebuke you. Amen. That was a humbling experience. I may not be like that. I try to do, do the best of my ability to try to not offend you. And uh, I know there's sometimes that it just... It comes like a slap in the face to some of you sometimes. Just boom, and you just go, wow. I'm trying to be as kind as I possibly can be. But, uh, and I guess if it ever comes to that point where, where I have to rebuke anybody, I guess I have to rebuke them. Amen. I've done it before. Yes. I've done it before. People just, and I've had people get offended at me, walk out, boom, Makes me feel sad. Makes me feel like, wow, that's not. But when you get to that point in your life where you're not living the way you should, that's what usually happens. Amen. Right. Amen. Okay, I'm just sharing this with you. This is, okay. this is my, my, not my Bible study. Okay. But I'm just sharing this with you because there's a lot of times, sometimes I don't get the opportunity to talk to you on a one-on-one one -on -one basis. But um, there's some of you here that are in that area where you're musing. Come on. You're entertaining. Come on. And, and let me put it this way. You wouldn't be experiencing a lot of the problems you're experiencing right now if you stay in the place God wants you to be. That's it. Right. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. Ooh, yes. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. We need God's grace. We need His favor. Amen. We need His loving kindness. We can't do without it. We need yes. His goodness. Yes. yes. Amen. And uh, anyway, so I'm kind of getting to that point now where, where I can feel that in the spirit. I can feel it. It's a burden. It's a weight. So I'm just letting you know how it is. I mean, some of you young men, you would probably understand what I'm saying. Some of you probably don't know where I'm coming from. You're probably looking at me and says, why is pastor always so grumpy? <laughs> Come on. Uh, I weigh about 200. I, I gained some weight, I'll be honest with you. 
I weigh about 237 pounds now. I was hanging around 227 pounds. I used to weigh at one time almost 260 pounds. Whew. Ooh, that was hard. Carrying that, all that weight. And uh, you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. You carry, you carry a lot of weight. It's hard. Yes, it's hard to carry on. a lot of weight that you're not Preach. built to carry. Amen. And guess what? I have to carry my own weight. Uh -huh. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking physically. I'm yes. talking spiritually. Yes, sir. I have to carry my weight times everybody in here. Yeah. Right. Jesus, help him, Lord. Now, how easy is that? And you can barely put up with your own stuff. Now, can you imagine how it is for me when I have to carry everybody else's weight? And I have to talk to God about it. And I don't, this is my job. This is my calling. So I'm doing my best to submit myself to the Lord. So please, bear with me. Because I'm not saying these things, and somebody might say, every time I come to Bible study, he always picks on me. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. We need it sometimes. Tell it. I don't mean to pick on anybody. I'm not going to pick on anybody. I'm, I'm actually a nice guy. Yes, I am. Praise God. And, and I think it's just the eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. The way my eyebrows are situated, people think I'm always frowning. That's a man right there. One time, one of my daughters, I can't remember if it was Melissa or Stephanie, Melissa said, Dad, if you want me, I could tweeze your eyebrows and make them look like happy eyebrows. When she said that, I actually did frown. I said, leave them alone. At, at one time, when we lived in Wagner, somebody actually told one of my kids that, hey, your dad, his eyebrows look like Superman's eyebrows. <laughs> so I said, there you go. <laughs> That's why I don't want anybody touching my eyebrows. <laughs> Amen. But, you know, uh, I do... I do carry a burden. I do carry a burden. There's a lot of things we're going to confront. There's a lot of things we're going to experience in the next few months and, and, and years. Things are changing. Yes. In this country, all over yes. the world, things are changing. Yes. Let me tell you something. They're not changing for the better. Amen. That's right. But you belong to a body. You're in the body of Jesus Christ. You're in the church. Right now, this is the best place yes. for anybody to be. This is the best place to be right now is in the church Amen. of the living God. Amen. In the boat. Yes. Amen. And if we're in the boat together, we'll be able we'll, we'll be able to sail to whatever destination that he wants us to sail to. Yes. 
And even though we encounter uh, storms at sea, maybe even shipwreck, as long as we stay in the boat, we'll be shipwrecked together. Yes, Amen. sir. Amen. Yes. But as long as we stay in the boat. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, I'm just sharing with you what I feel on my heart. What I uh, actually received permission to share this with you tonight. Amen. I got this permission from from the chief shepherd. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that you are to uh, let me let me read it to you. Okay, so so you won't be mistaken. But in the book of Hebrews, and this is not my Bible study. I'm just, like I said, I'm just sharing this with you just for the moment. But in the book of Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 3, it says, Remember them that, uh, excuse me, I'm in, okay. In verse 17, I'm looking at the wrong. Obey them that have the rule over you. Obey them that have the rule over you. And submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account, <clears throat> that they may do it with joy and not with grief, yes. for that is unprofitable for you. So that means the ministry, guess what, children? That means your parents. Amen. Come on. Come on. Wives. Amen. Ooh, he's, uh, Thank you, uh, Jesus. He's not going there tonight, is he? Wow. <laughs> you know what? We all have power. We all have power that is delegated to us. Yeah. Delegated authority is delegated power. Yes, sir. And if we remain in that channel of power, if we remain in that channel, it's not who gets the most power. Come on, man. If that's Come on. all you're concerned that's about, right. hey, you're in the wrong place. Yes, sir. That's right. Amen. That's right. And here's the other thing. We got enough on our own plate. That's right. Why should we be worried about something else? Come on now. That we have, we, we have yes. no business worrying about anything else. Anything more than what we can handle. Amen. So there's delegated authority. So we have God, Christ. The church. Yeah. God, Christ, man, woman, children. Yeah. That's the order. So when he said submit yourself, in other words, hey, if you want power, submit. Yes. Amen. 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 If you want power, yield. Yes. Yield to the what what God has designed, what he has structured in the church, in the family. Yield. Amen. Right. Hallelujah. Because yes. if you're not, if you don't, and you reject God's power, uh, a, a lot of people, a lot of people don't realize that. You know, they they, they use the scripture, and uh, sometimes they'll they'll take the scripture out of context. I, I I was talking to some ministers one time, and somebody was quoting to me Romans chapter 13, and they were talking about the government, and I said, Yeah, yep. that's part of it, but that's not all of it. Right. I said, but the basic principle is there. The same principle is there in Romans chapter 13. He said, let every soul be subject unto the higher power. Yeah. Right. Yep. 
In other words, we have to be subject to the power that's higher than us, regardless if it's our government, right. regardless yeah. if it's our, our, our you know, our, the authorities around mm -hmm. us in the world, secularly, and even re, uh, in the Christian world, yeah. amen, that government. Yes. So we have to be subject to the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that are be are ordained. We can't go against God. Amen. Amen. So every time we resist the power, guess what he said? We resist God. Yeah. Right. Is that a sound? Yes. Yes, sir. So when we yes. do that, we're insubordinate. Right. Amen. That's right. That's why a lot of people have problems with being under subjection to authority. That's starting up with you kids. Huh? I was raised, I'm glad my mom and dad taught me that. And I'm glad that I learned my lesson. Here's the thing, I'm glad my dad spanked me. Amen. I'm glad there was a time, you know, and, and, and to, to you it may sound kind of unorthodox, but you know there was times when I got a little bit lippy with my mom, you know what she did? Yep. Amen. Made my first face turned the other way. Yep. <laughs> But we learned. Amen. But I found out, hey, you don't talk to your parents. Yes. Come on. You don't mouth that to your parents. Yes. You don't even Amen. question your parents. Come on right. now. Yes. See, that's the problem with our youth today. They think they can do all that. Amen. And we do have the right as being your parents. Amen. 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 quiet in here now. Come on. Come on. Yeah. It's all right. Preach, preach it, right, preach it. We do have the right to, amen, to enforce discipline. That's right. And you know what? The last time I looked at the books, I know that because uh, I used to do parenting classes that the state of South Dakota says you can incorporate physical punishment if necessary. You know what that means? Spanking. Yep. <laughs> Come on now. And you can, you can complain all you want. You can go to... Uh, uh, what is it? CS Child CPS, Protection the CPS. CPS. You can go to DSS, whatever they call it, uh, and complain all you want. But you, if you ever got in court and, and they brought out the law, they would say, "Hey, your parent was lying," yeah. because they don't want you running around. Come on now, being. Amen. Come on. Huh? And yes, outlaw. Yeah. Rebellion. That's right. Ah, right. <clears throat> uh, I noticed that. All the kids aren't looking up here no more. Uh -huh. it's, all right. it's all right. Did I hear some toes crunchy? <laughs> yeah, crunch them toes. That's all right. Step all over. So I'm glad my dad spanked me. Me too. Yes, sir. I'm glad my mom disciplined me. I'm, I'm glad they did. I'm glad they did all that because you know after that I said, "Hey, mm -mm. I don't want to go there." That taught me to respect authority. Amen. That taught me to respect everybody, even my elders. Yep. Yes. 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 All. All of them. That's right. Hallelujah. And that's what some of you parents need to learn. I don't know why I'm going this way, but I'm. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Take us there. Your child is not your best friend. Come That's on. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's right. Yes. Yes. Right. Your child is your son and yes. your daughter. Come on. That's you right. brought them into the world. Yep. You take responsibility 
responsibility for them. Yeah. Huh? You raise them up. The Bible says, train up a child in a way that he shall go. Yeah. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. It's your responsibility. Yeah. It's not grandma's or grandpa's. Yeah. It's yours. Yeah. I heard somebody come back with the answer. Well, I don't want my child to think bad of me, so that's why I have grandma and grandpa discipline. No, 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 no. You know what you're doing? You're giving up your right as a parent. Right. Come on. That's right. Jeez. That's exactly right. And guess what? Here, oh, here comes the other Come on, that's all right. Preach to us, Pastor. My kids will tell you this. You can ask them. They won't lie to you. If they did anything wrong, I never defended them. That's Amen. right. Amen. Amen. That's right. Amen. They will tell you that's that. That's right. Whenever they did wrong, I never patted them on the back. I never said, hey, I'm standing behind you. If they did wrong, you know what? I have to swear to my own hurt. Yeah. What they did was wrong. They're going to be disciplined for it. And I don't support it. Right. Yes. Why is it when your kid does wrong, you want to take their side? Come yeah. on. Come on. Preach. And, and, and you're trying to teach them the difference between right and wrong? Right. That's not love. Come on now. Amen. The Bible says if you love your child, you're going to chasten him beat yep. times. Right. Yes. You know what that means? You're going to chasten, you're going to discipline him all the time. All right. If you really love your child. Right. Amen. Amen. Wow. Amen. That's right. uh, we, want to, we want to get into the psychological aspect of it. I can do that too. Come on out. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm not as dumb as I look. <laughs> Come on, Pastor. I never really got down to the nitty gritty, I don't think, but if I did, I, I bet I guarantee you some of you would probably walk out of here. Come on out. But I want everybody to know. I want everybody to understand. I want everybody to be taught. Because we're heading into a time, I believe, that is ahead of us where we can't fool around. Amen. And we cannot allow the world to influence what we do. Amen. That's right. We need to manifest Godly, good, godly behavior, Amen. conduct. Amen. Huh? We need to do that. Yes. As our pastor used to say, love the sinner but hate the sin. Yeah. Yep. And that's what I do. I love your soul, but if you're sinning, on, I hate Amen. the sin that you're in. Amen. And I hate the sin you're committing. But I love you. So, anyway. Hallelujah. Maybe I should have told him that tonight. Thank you, Jesus. We've been talking about what? Priest garments. Garments. Priestly garments. Priestly garments. <laughs> I remember teaching this years ago. I used to go all over and preach and teach. And I felt it. I felt impressed. Of course, it was the Lord. The Lord impressed me to 
Lord impressed me to talk about the priest's garments because obviously there's a reason why. And, and uh, go with me in the book of Exodus. You know where to go in the book of Exodus, don't you, by now? Exodus 28. And, and, and you know, when I first started teaching on him, and just the basic things, just basic things. And, and people would come up to me, even other preachers would come up to me and say, my, I didn't even know that was in there. Yes, it is. It is. And, and here's the thing, because people will say, uh, how do you know that's God? How do you know that's doctrine? I said, well, the Bible says that everything in the Old Testament was a type and shadow. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. So that's how I made that connection. And obviously the Lord, you know, gave that understanding. So we began to minister and how it makes a big difference. But we talked about... Uh, uh, in the book of Exodus chapter 28 is where we started out with I'm going to just one more item I'm going to speak a little bit about tonight and uh, we, we started out with uh, of course uh, the priest garments and in verse number 4 it says and these are the garments which they shall make a breastplate an ephod a robe and a broidered coat a mitre and a girdle and they shall make holy garments for Aaron thy brother and his sons that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. So that's the reason why they made the garments so that they could minister in the priest's office. And, you know, we, we, we realize and understand that, you know, we are called, we are called to minister and, and, and Jesus, when he was talking to his disciples, said, told him to go wait for the promise of the Father. And he said, ye shall be endued with power from on high. You will be clothed with power from on high. So as a result of us experiencing the infilling of the Holy Ghost in our lives, what did God do? God outfitted us. God clothed us. Now, from the standpoint of the Old Testament, of course, that was a literal, literal thing. They, they made garments for the priesthood. In the New Testament, it's, just, it's the spiritual application. So the Holy Ghost outfits us or covers us, and we, call, we covered all those garments in the Old Testament and what they symbolize, what, 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 they, what they actually mean for us today. And uh, last week we talked about the ephod and the curious girdle, and we, we understood that to be what? When we get to that place and, 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 and the breastplate and all the stones and and, and the setting that we're on the shoulders and how that God expects us to govern. Right. Right. And God expects us to operate in that realm of the Spirit. So we know as a result of that ephod, because of the ephod and because of the purpose of the ephod, the urim and the thummim that was placed in the breastplate of the ephod, that was so that they can inquire of God and they could know His will perfectly or His perfect will. So that, that goes to show us that when we walk in the Spirit, when we're covered with salvation, the coat, salvation, and then the robe, the entering into the, the realm of the operation of the Holy Ghost, and here comes the ephod as it's placed on us. We get even a little bit more specific and detailed, even more intimate in knowing this, that because we are clothed in such fashion, guess what happens? We come to a point where we finally understand what it is to have the mind of Christ Amen. so we can make the necessary judgments that we need to make to know God's perfect will for our lives. 
And see, that is the area that we all need to walk in in the spirit. And when we do, we're going to find out God is going to speak to us. And that was the purpose of Urim and Thummim. He's going to bring light. He's going to bring revelation. He's going to bring uh, perfection. He's going to bring maturity. So it's amazing, isn't it? Hopefully he's not filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and so the last, the last uh, piece, the last part of uh, the priest's garment in chapter, in chapter 28, in verse number 4, there he talks about what we haven't mentioned yet, is what he goes through and he talks about the breastplate and the ephod and the robe and, and the broidered coat. And the last article there, he says, is the a mitre. A mitre. Now that, the King James Version, you have the old English uh, spelling of, of mitre, M-I-T-R-E. If we, if we, if we kind of came to, in modern English, Modern vernacular, it's M-I-T-E-R. So it's just a little switching of the E and the R. But it's the same thing, okay? So, and, and then you go over there in, in 29 of Exodus, and right around verse number 6 there, you'll see there, in 29.6 again, there's a mention, and it says, and and in verse number 5, let's start with verse number 5, and thou shalt take the garments and put upon Aaron the coat and the robe of the ephod and the ephod and the breastplate, and gird him with the cursed girdle of the ephod. And thou shalt put the mitre upon his head, and put the holy crown upon the mitre. Then thou, then shalt thou take the anointing oil, and pour it upon his head, and anoint him. So we see there, and then uh, you go over into uh, chapter 39, way at the end of, of Exodus, you go into chapter 39, and verses 28, you'll see there it says, and a mitre of, and they, in verse 27, and they made <clears throat> coats of fine linen of woven work for Aaron and for his sons, and a mitre of fine linen, and goodly bonnets of fine linen, and linen breeches of fine twine linen. So you see that the, the mitre was made of fine twined linen. Okay? And then in verses 30 and 31 of the same chapter, it says, And they made the plate of the holy crown of pure gold and wrote upon it a writing like to the engravings of a signet, Holiness unto the Lord. And they tied unto it a lace of blue to fasten it on high upon the mitre as the Lord commanded Moses. So here was this mitre. It was a head covering. That was placed upon the, the high priest. Of course, you, you have to remember, the high priest, his head covering was different. Because when it talks about the high priest's head covering, they, they call it a mitre. Okay, the head covering that the Levites had, all those who serviced the tabernacle, they called it a bonnet. There's a difference. So the mitre was the head covering, okay? Uh the mitre, apart from the general description of headpiece for the high priest, could be termed, now listen to this, because of the use of the Hebrew words in the Old Testament, it could be termed a crowned helmet. 
Is that Passover everybody's head? A crowned helmet. Can anybody tell me what a helmet is for? Protection. Protects your head. Okay. So, in, in, in various applications in the Old Testament, it's referred to as a crowned helmet. Okay? In other scriptures, the words, the word for mitre is translated, it's translated, and they're synonymous when they use the word mitre, it also means diadem. Does anybody know what that means? High authority. High authority. Diadem. So when we talk about a diadem, what does that, what's the first thing that comes into your mind when you talk about a diadem? A king. Right. A king. Right. Okay. So thus, diadem refers to a crown. Amen. A crown. So that's why in some applications it's referred to as a crowned helmet. Huh? In other words, you can't tell if that person is a king if he's not wearing his crown. But if he's wearing his crown and has all the jewels that are in the crown. Is everybody listening? All the jewels in that crown. That's what they call the diadem. All those jewels in that crown helps you to understand that, hey, that's a man of high authority. That's the king. And in our in, 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 our, in our situation, in our, in, 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 as far as us, we're talking about the King of Kings Amen. and the Lord of Lords. Amen. So, uh, we see that. And, and those two words are used respectively, if you want to write this down, in Exodus 28.4 and Ezekiel 21.26. We won't go there, but that's where those words are, are used. Another word entirely. But it's translated bonnet. Okay. Now here's the interesting note. I wish there was a way I could have somehow translated uh, or, or transferred some uh, images to a flash drive and then somehow put it on the computer so everybody can see what I'm talking about. Because it's hard to see or understand what I'm talking about if you don't get to see the image of it. But Lord willing, maybe I can do that later if I can get it figured out and I can get it all together because I have to take... Uh, uh, examples from different uh, sources. But I wanted to do that so you can get an idea of what it looks like. Once you get an idea of what it looks like, maybe that'll help you a little bit. But amen. According to historical records and Jewish antiquities, listen to this. The mode of the mitre is the only thing about the entire high priest vestments which changed with the times. Now, does anybody understand what that means? The mode, okay, the mode, according to the historical records and Jewish antiquities, the mode of the mitre is the only thing about the entire high priest vestments which changed with the times. Now, this is archaic English. This is coming from an old book. Twice. Sounds like that. Okay. So, uh, Sarah, how do we translate that in today's modern English? 
the the design or the, the material of the um, crown crown miter was changing as the times changed. Yes. So that was the only piece of garment that changed. The other garment, as far as the robes and everything, never changed, but just the headpiece. Now here, here's a good example. After the Israelites crossed Jordan going into the promised land. History says that, uh, that uh, the miter that the high priest wore was one particular piece. It covered his head. But because of what God did for them at the Red Sea and did for them at Jordan, after they crossed the Jordan River, sometime after that, you know what they did? They re redesigned the the headpiece of the high priest, and they made it a, a covering that was split in the middle of it. So these two ends were brought apart. So there was a split. And the reason why they said they put a split in the miter was because God parted the waters for them at the Red Sea, and he parted the waters for them at Jordan. Amen. Now that's Jewish antiquities. So we see... That, uh, you know, we're, we're looking at uh, historical uh, accounts. We're looking at historical descriptions and how all this as far as the miter. And we know that it was on the head. And, cause, and we know that it was, obviously, it was a miter. It was made of uh, uh, fine twine linen. And it had a crown. When they put the miter on, they put a crown. There was a crown that went on it. So it had, obviously, a crown. Okay, there's a reason for that. So we know that. So it kind of gives you an idea of what that miter consisted of, okay? In, in, Job 9, in Job 29, 14, if you want to go there with me, in Job 29, 14, you'll see here where maybe we can kind of come to a understanding of the spiritual application uh, and, and as far as the miter is concerned in Job 29, and chapter uh, chapter 29, verse number 14, <clears throat> he says, um, in verse number 14, look what he says. I put on righteousness, and it clothed me. Of course, we can apply that to the garments, the other garments. Mm -hmm. I put on righteousness, and it clothed me. My judgment was as a robe. Now look what he says. <laughs> And a diadem. So in other words, the spiritual application is, when we put on all these robes, that was his righteousness. He put his righteousness upon us. And then when we applied the miter, guess what? We received, that was a, a robe. My judgment was as a robe and as a diadem. In other words, as having, as having a person that wears a crown or a diadem, obviously is a person that has authority. Mm -hmm. Okay, is everybody still with me? Yep. Okay. So we see that. Uh, let's go, let's look at other applications. Uh, Isaiah 28. And uh, we go to Isaiah 28, and we see here, uh, just, just, just to kind of give you an idea of what we are talking about, <clears throat> Isaiah 28, 
and we'll be looking at verses 5 and 6. But we, what we are talking about, I'm just mentioning to you basically the highlights of each article, each piece of clothing. I'm just mentioning to you the highlights because there's more specific detail, uh, not just in the material and everything, but what they represent. I mean, if I wanted to, this is this would probably take me a good a, a few series to really teach it, so you can understand what everything represents as far as the spiritual application. So, but in Isaiah 28 and verse number five, it says, um, uh, "It says, in the day, in that day, shall the Lord of hosts be for a crown of." glory, and for a diadem of beauty unto the residue of his people. Everybody see that? Amen. And for a spirit of judgment to him that sitteth in judgment, and for strength to them that turn the battle to the gate. So we see the, the application of the diadem. And everybody, as, 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 as Job was saying, that everybody that we're robed in his righteousness, the spiritual application is this, that we are crowned with his glory. We are crowned with his glory and we walk in his righteousness. So as a result, guess what? We are able and for a spirit of judgment to him that sitteth in judgment. And for strength to them that turn the battle to the gate. So in other words, we, as a result of us being covered in this manner, we have judgment. In other words, we have the ability to discern. Right. And we have the strength of God. That's why I say if we, we come to a true understanding of why God filled us with the Holy Ghost, Please do not belittle the experience that God has given you. Amen. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He's given us strength. He's given us power. He's given us glory. If we walk in the spirit. So that's what's really important for us to, 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 you know, to realize and praise God. We should never belittle the Holy Ghost. And we can do that so easily if we go back to the, amen, the, the former things. If we go back into the flesh, and as Paul said, how can you go back into the, how can you going back into the weak and beggarly elements of the oh, world? Right. 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 Amen. And Isaiah, did I give you the scripture verse? Isaiah 62. Look what it says in verse number two. And the Gentile and the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness in all kings thy glory, and thou shalt be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. Thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of Thy God. Woo! Amen. My, my. Okay. You know, it's, it's amazing. I was listening to a conference that was held a year ago before all this stuff with the pandemic happened. And, of course, that was probably... In early March of 
Oh, that was that was way way before because uh, the pandemic didn't hit until what March two, March of last year wasn't it? March no March of this year was it was so obviously that was before the year but and and here's the thing what was the topic of this this conference was was coming back to the the spiritual uh, the spiritual the move of the Holy Ghost. In the body of Christ, the move of the Holy Ghost, the need to experience and have that Pentecostal experience every day of our lives. Because it seems like, and you know, I I often wondered about that. I often wondered about it, you know, thinking about what everybody else is experiencing. There's a lot of apostolic Pentecostal churches in the world. And they're all, you know, we're all trying to do what we can to maintain and to seek God, to allow his spirit to move in us. But somehow or another, it seems like uh, every time we we, we, we pursue that, and that is our desire to want to get close to God, it seems like something always seems to come in and and it just seems to offset us, seems to distract us. And we always tend to give up. The spiritual things for the things that oh, are carnal, or even the world. Even teachings of men. And, and that's what was voiced there. That was the, the voice of this conference. And they said, you know what? We don't need that anymore. Because we're, 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 we're living in a time where, you know what this world needs? Every person in this world needs the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's why God sent us here for So that they can even hear the truth and come to the knowledge of the truth. So why are we doing playing around with things that don't have to do with the word of God? So there's a realization that we need to come back to the Holy Ghost. We need to come back to that Pentecostal experience. We need to come back to the gifts of the Spirit. And I thought about that. And I thought about, look what God's trying to do in our midst. Right. Amen. Look what he's trying to do. Amen. Yes. There's a, there's a movement. Huh? Amen. You can feel it, can't you? Yes, sir. There's a movement. God is stirring us up. God is moving in us. He's, he's trying to lead us to that place where, where we can obviously, amen, operate in, in the manner he wants us to operate, in the spirit. I believe that's what this is all about. That's what this is all about. Where we can understand His calling. His purpose in us. Because let me tell you something. It's real. This isn't something that's fictitious. Come on. So, you know, we we come to that place and then Scripture obviously points us in that direction of, of what He's doing and and what his will is for us. And, and, I, and I think it's about time that we pay attention to what the spirit is doing. Right. The spirit is trying to wake us up. Amen. Yes. Amen. Okay. Yes. Now the mitre rests on the head of the priest. Sits on the head. Mm-hmm. And... As a result of this, somebody might say, what does that signify? What does it symbolize? The mitre and the crown. Well, Scripture talks about uh, 
you know, we read that in, 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 the, in the book of uh, Exodus in 28 and in 29, where they placed that miser upon Aaron's head, they placed the crown there, and then they placed a little golden uh, plaque that was fastened to the forefront of that, of that miser, and on that golden plaque were the words, Holiness unto the Lord. Right there. Holiness unto the Lord. Holiness. Everybody say holiness. 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 If I, if I remember right, I could be wrong, but if I remember right, the word for that, kadash. Kadash. Holiness unto the Lord. And so, holiness then is in the mind as a result of that being placed on the high priest's head, holiness ought to be in the mind. Wow. Right. Mm. right. Ooh, ooh. That's, right. Ooh, that's good. That's right. Amen. And in the will. Jesus. As well as by the Spirit. Amen. Now, if you don't know what holiness means, just simply put, holiness means to be separate. Yep. Called out, we're separate. Yep. Huh? Amen. Here I go. That's all right. Tell it. We should not be like everybody else. Come on. That's right. Are you listening to me, young, young kids? Come on. All you little kids. Because right now, what the world is putting in your mind is you want to be like all the superheroes, and all the action heroes, all the pop stars, all the TV stars, all the movie stars. If you're watching those things, hey, guess what? You're not spiritually minded. That's right. Come on. And, and the, the sad thing is, you want to be more like them than more like God. Huh? That's why you dress the way you do dress. Yeah. That's why you act the way you act. I'm, I'm, not, I'm just speaking to your children. Some of yes. your old kids are starting to ball up now in that fetal position. Uh, come on. <laughs> I'm talking to you adults, too. Yeah. And when I say holiness... We're supposed to be separate Amen. from everybody else. Amen. I don't want to be like the world. Amen. Huh? Amen. I don't want to be like them. Guess who I want to be like? Jesus. Jesus. I want to be like him. If there's anybody that I want to uh, try to imitate in my life, it's Jesus. And, and I say that to all you young people. You need to try to imitate him. You need to be like him. Huh? And not like Justin Bieber. Come huh? on. Hallelujah. Not like Justin Bieber. Who else is out there? I don't know too many. Know. Uh, Beyonce. Uh, Beyonce. <laughs> That's a big huh? one. Yep. Katy Perry. Katy Perry. Yeah. That's for all you young people. What about the adults? The oh, village people. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, guess what? The world has enough yes. right. of oddballs. Yes. Right. Amen. Is this on podcast tonight? Yes. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but the world has enough yes. weirdos. Yes. That's right. That's right. Come on now. They don't know. There's a spirit of confusion. Come on. They don't know who they are. They don't even know where they're going. They don't even know what bathroom is. That's right. So the very meaning of holiness is we're to be separate from all of them. Come on. We're to be separate from all of them. We're not going to indulge in those lifestyles. Amen. The conduct, the behavior, even the thinking. Amen. 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 That's why the scripture says, don't follow a multitude to do evil. Yes. And if you allow the Holy Ghost to quicken your mind, God is going to put godliness up here. Yeah. Right. Amen. Amen. Well, Amen. Let's go to, let's keep going in the Bible. Let's go to Zechariah chapter 3. Some of you probably know this already. I'll let you get there. Zechariah chapter 3. Hallelujah. We'll just do a little reading. We'll read from verse 1 to 7, if that's all right with you. 27 verses. Zechariah 1, it says, And showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. The Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is this not, is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments. And stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And he, and unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee in with change of raiment. And I said, Let them set a fair miter upon his head. So they set a fair miter upon his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by, and the angel of the Lord protested unto Joshua, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If thou wilt walk in my ways, and if thou wilt keep my charge, then thou shalt also judge my house, and shalt also keep my courts, and I will give thee places to walk among these that stand by. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody might say, well, what, how does that apply to us? It applies to us in every way. Right. Amen. That's right. If, if we want to be technical, of course, I believe Joshua was the type of the New Testament priesthood. Huh? Yep. And here he was, and he stood before the Lord. The Bible says, 
He stood, he had, he, he was, he was wearing filthy garments. So what was one of the first things that the Lord did? Amen. The, the Bible says he took away his garments, mm -hmm. took away his filthy garments, and he clothed him with chains of raiment. You know what? That's what God does for us right Amen. off the bat. He takes sin out of our lives. Right. Huh? Right. He takes away our filthy garment and he clothes us with his garments. Amen. Garments of righteousness. Amen. That's what the Holy Ghost is all about. So he removes iniquity from us. And then the Bible says he puts a fair miter upon our head. Come on. Now, what does it mean, a fair miter? Well, you can look it up yourself if you want to. But it means this. When he put the fair miter on Joshua's head, he declared him to be ceremonially and morally clean. Yes. In other words, he wiped away all the, the sin and the iniquity. He wiped it from him. Guess what? We don't just need to have our sins washed away in our, uh, off of us, our body. We need to have it wiped away in our minds. Right. That's why the Bible says that we have to have an answer of a good conscience before God. Amen. And so, he put that fair mitre on him. So as a result of that, this is what the Holy Ghost would do for us. You know what? If, if, you, if you put that mitre on your head, the Holy Ghost... Is going to straighten you up yeah. morally. Amen. And because of that, I like this part. You're going to become clean and you're going to have pure thoughts. Amen. Every time you put that on, but you could take it off too. But you could put it back on. Amen. And you could keep it on. Amen. Right. See, that's our problem. Here, let me help us to understand some things that are happening. I'm almost running out of time, but I'll do my best. Let me understand some things that help you to understand some things that are happening right now in this body. He said, Thus saith the Lord in verse number seven, Thou wilt walk in my ways, and thou wilt keep my charge. In other words, if you obey him, if you keep his commandments, he said, then thou shalt also judge my house. You'll be able to judge his house because you will have the understanding. You will have the knowledge. You will have the wisdom. Now, when I say that, I don't mean this. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's Amen. That's right. That's not what you're going to do. Right. What you're going to be able to do is you're going to be able to determine to discern yes. what is happening and you're going to be able to resolve it because you know what? He's given you knowledge. Amen. He's given you wisdom through his word. Amen. So you'll be able to judge his house. Amen. It just seems like right now, you know, I know we're filled with the Holy Ghost, but you know what? We tend to always lean into the flesh a little bit yep. and our carnal thinking right away, we want to judge people. Yeah. When if we have the Holy Ghost, we should love people. Amen. See, that's the fine line now of yielding to the Spirit. His Spirit, not your Spirit. Okay? So he says, you will judge my house and shall also keep my courts. 
keep my courts. And I will give thee places to walk amongst these that stand by. Mm -hmm. I will give you places to walk amongst these that stand by. Now, here's a good question. Who is he talking about? Angels. Angels. So in other words, he will give you the ability to walk in the, the spiritual realm. Yeah. Yeah. In the heavenly realm. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to quit operating in the carnal realm. He wants us to operate in the spiritual realm. He wants us to be a spiritual people. Ooh, I only got a few handcuffs on that one. Well, not me, the Lord. So why is that so imperative? Why is that so important to us? Why is that, you know, something that should be of great importance. Because when we put that miter on, you know what? I'll say this again. The day I received the Holy Ghost, I'm still overwhelmed. Almost, almost 40 years later, I'm still overwhelmed by His love. Amen. 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 And just when you think that it's going to, it's going to uh, uh, fade out. It doesn't. Yeah. There's a lot more where that came from. Amen. But I, I was so, and I still am, overwhelmed by his love. That You know what? The only thing on my mind when I was a baby in Christ was, hey, I want to live for God. Yeah. I never even entertained the thought of backsliding. I had the opportunity to. Huh? I'm being honest with you. Amen. But you know what? I said, no. When I was tempted, guess what? I overcame. Amen. You know what? All simply because this. Because I wanted to live for God. Yeah. Right. It makes a difference when you want to live for yeah. God. Right. And if you don't want to live for Him, guess what you're going to do? You're going to turn the other way. Right. You're going to go back the other way. Right. But if you want to live for Him... That's all you're going to want to do. Amen. You're going to want to do what's pleasing in his sight. Amen. So that's how it was for me. So I began to think like that. My mind was just, you know, just so wrapped around his love for me. So what could I do? What could I do? but seeking. I had to change my thinking. I want to help some of you. I remember witnessing to some of my family and we came from my, my both of my uh, maternal grandparents and my paternal grandparents. They both belong to the denominational church. Same one. On my mother's side, my uncle was a minister. <clears throat> On my father's side, my grandpa was a minister. So, obviously, we had that influence. So when we came into the truth, when we came into the, the church, and I began to, my wife and I began to share our testimony, it sure upset a lot of our relatives because they were saying, well, what's this guy talking about? 
All he can say is praise the Lord. Every time he talks about God, he talks. Why does he talk about God like that? <laughs> if you were in love with God, you would talk to him about him like that. Huh? All, he, all he can do is talk about what he's done for him. Of course, he saved me. Amen. set free. And here I found out that there was a plan to try to get me reverted <laughs> back to the way I was. Of course, it wasn't a good plan either. And, and as I was testifying to one of my relatives, they said, you know what's wrong with you? I said, and they said, you're brainwashed. They brainwashed you. Thank you, Jesus. And that was the only thing I could, you know, I was, I was thinking, geez. Then all of a sudden, said, you know what? My brains needed to be washed. Right. Because they were all filled with filth. Amen. I needed to. I needed to get those bad thoughts up. I need to get those sinful. I'm glad He washed my brain. And He washed my spirit. And He washed my body. He washed my whole being. Hallelujah. Some of you need a good brain. Amen. Amen. So that miter. That was, I'm still talking about the mitre, by the way. Yes, sir. And, and, and that plaque that was on that mitre just situated right on the forehead of the high priest. Holiness unto the Lord. That should be our mentality. That should be our desire. That should be our longing that we want to separate ourselves. We want to be holy people. Amen. And in the book of Leviticus 19, and I think it's around verse number 9 and 10, somewhere around there, be ye holy for I am holy. And in 1 Peter, uh, the saying, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, I think it is 1 and, and 19, somewhere around there. I can't, don't quote me, uh, 9 or somewhere around there. And, and Peter said, be ye holy for, I, like the Lord said, be holy for I am holy. So we're to be holy people. Right. And like you said, we are a holy nation, a royal priesthood, right. a peculiar people. Right. So we're to be holy. We're to have that mindset of we're going to be holiness unto the Lord. We're going to be separated unto him. Amen. That's why they all look at it. It's kind of funny. We don't think like them. We don't talk like them. We don't walk like them. We don't behave like them. Did you hear that, kids? Amen. We don't behave like them. Come on. My, my grandparents, I lived with my grandparents for quite a while. I was a young guy, really young. I lived with them for a couple of years. So just being around my grandparents, the way they thought and everything they did, it just it was my influence. They were godly people. They didn't have the truth, but they did come to, my grandmother did come to the knowledge of the truth, by the way. But 
here's one thing about them. They prayed every morning. They read their Bible every morning and every evening. And I always remember that. that was, that's what they did. And so, you know, I, I was exposed to it. I didn't know why. I didn't understand, but I just, I was a part of it. And, and we would pray. We would pray together. My, my grandpa would, would pray in Lakota. He would pray. I didn't know what he was praying at the time, but I just, hey, they're praying, so I might as well pray. But they were praying to Jesus. And, and, and you know, so I was raised that way. And my grandparents always used to tell me when I was a young boy, and I was probably four years old, from four to six years old. You know what they said? And I was just like anybody else, all you young boys, all you young girls, you know, here's the difference. I, I will start to get, you know how kids are, you want to get, you want to run around, you want to romp, you want to kick things, you want to throw things. And my, my grandma would say, hey, 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 hey. Uh, the, the only word I could, you know, that I really, I could remember really well, yeah. Don't do that. And uh, if you want to run around, go outside and run around. Mm -hmm. huh? Go outside and run around. There's all kinds of room outside. If you want to jump around, go outside and jump around. Guess what? She was telling the truth. They went against me running and jumping. They said there's this proper place to be. there's a proper place to do that. So guess what? I would do what they tell me. I'd go outside, and I'd run around all over the place. I'd jump around. But you know what? Here's the thing. This is what I'm telling you. I did what my grandparents told me to do. Amen. And you don't think you can behave? Guess what? If I could behave, you can behave. Amen. If I could listen, you could listen. That's something, isn't it? Amen. But I always remember that. Little bitty guy. When my uncle finally brought me home, because they lived in uh, north of Mobridge, Wakpawa, St. Elizabeth, and, and I was supposed to start sixth grade, so they brought me home. I cried all the way home because I didn't want to leave my grandparents. I cried all the way home. But you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad I experienced that because that was something that I, I could actually say made a difference in my life. That was a good influence. So thank God for Grandma and Grandpa. Amen. 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 Uh, anyway, I'm going to finish up. Like, oh, 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 I'm past. It's all right. Uh, might have to go into a little overtime here, just a few that's minutes, right. if that's all right. all right. But in Psalms 119.59, look what it says. When we talk about the the... Uh, miter, the miter, and you know the the little signet on on the on the headpiece, holiness unto the Lord. And you go into Psalms 119:59, and this is what it says. 119:59. It says, look what it says in verse number 59. I thought on my ways. And I turn my feet unto thy testimony. That's what we need to do. We need to meditate on the Amen. things of God. Amen. You need to think about your ways. Turn your feet unto your testimonies. That's what the mitre will do for us. On our minds, 
is our, is our desire to be holy unto the Lord. And he says, I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. Okay? Proverbs 12, 5. I'll try real fast like here. Proverbs 12, 5. Proverbs 12, 5. says this, the thoughts of the righteous are right. Everybody see that? Amen. The thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceit. So our thoughts need to be right. We need to, our mind needs to be on God, needs to be stayed on the Lord. Uh, you, this was your, this was your, uh, 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 one of your, uh, how could I say it? One of your assignments a few weeks back in that youth group. Does anybody know, remember what that scripture verse is? In the book of Philippians chapter 4. And I think it was this one, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm right. In, in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8, it says, Finding, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are, what? Honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, mm. think on these things. Okay. All right. Real quick, like Book of Romans, chapter 8. Book of Romans, chapter 8. Verse number 6. Book of Romans, chapter 8, verse number 6. It says, uh, <clears throat> look what it says. Book of Romans chapter 8, verse number 6. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Huh? Holiness unto the Lord. Last but not least, back to the book of Philippians again. Chapter 2, verse number 5. Chapter 2, verse number 5. Look what it says. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. In other words, holiness unto the Lord. Yeah, right. Holiness unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you very much for your patience. Hey, uh, another thing I want to mention, I forgot, I want to mention this. Everybody that's involved with worship, all you musicians, all you singers, are required to be here a half hour before any of the services start to pray. Okay? Now, here's another one. Anybody that's a musician or a singer should be here for prayer on Tuesday. Okay? If none of you show up for prayer on Tuesday, you will not sing, you will not play. That's for all you musicians, for all you singers. Okay? That's something that has to be done. Why? Because like we just read, we need to have the mind of Christ. So those are the requirements. Thank you very much. Have a good rest of the evening. Lord bless you. Thank <laughs> you.